In the 21st century, what does technology mean to you and how does technology impact your life? Tech Affairs on Radio is here to enlighten you. Tech Affairs on Radio, assisting your digital life. All right, thank you for joining us today. We are back, we are ready, and we are set to roll. Welcome to Tech Affairs on Radio, your number one technological program on Passion 94.5 FM. And it's a pleasure, my pleasure actually, to be welcoming you to this very edition of the show. It's um, it's the weekend, and of course I'm glad and relaxed. I have my friends with me, and you also have your family members with you. So I want you to call them together, and to grab your radio close to yourself, and I want you to just relax and let us tell you some things that happened during this week in the world of tech. Like I said, I'm here with my friends. My name is Lloyd. Let me start with myself. And I have Mr. Henry with me. I have Andy Promise with me. I have the boss. I call him the boss. Mr. Emmanuel Lokbong with me. Yes. And I also have my diasporan guest. Of course, I have a white man. Although a black man by birth, but a white man by um, current place of location, actually. He is the president of the Aquabom State Association of Nigeria in the US. And he's going to be joining us virtually later on in the show so before i get to spill the milk let me just do that and uh, welcome you again to yet another exciting edition of tech affairs on radio so let's start with miss joyce taking us on the news of everything that happened this week in the world of tech miss joyce the floor is yours You are listening to Tech News on Passion 94.5 FM, OU. In the news, Tesla to vote for new charging location. Adobe buys design company Figma for $20 billion. Good afternoon. I am Joyce Edim. Details of this in a bit. Electric car manufacturer Tesla has announced that it is turning to the public to help determine where to locate its next superchargers as the automaker continues to expand its network of EV fast charging stations in North America, Europe, and Asia. The online poll comes as Tesla prepares to open up its supercharger network to other electric vehicles by the end of the year. This was published via the company's Twitter handle, urging users to reply with location suggestions. Adobe has agreed to buy design company Figma for about $20 billion in half cash and half stock as the software giant looks to boost its creative tools offering. The company noted that the major will allow Figma to bring Adobe's capability in imaging, 3D and video onto its platform. The company's chair and chief executive, Shantanu Narayan, said the combination of Adobe and Figma is transformational and will accelerate their vision for collaborative creativity. And that is what we have for you in the news. But before we go, another look at the main points in the stories. We told you that electric car manufacturer Tesla has announced that it is turning to the public to help determine where to locate its next superchargers. You also heard that Adobe has agreed to buy design company Figma for about $20 billion. For more news updates, you can reach us on www.techcafes.com.ng or follow our Facebook page, Tech Affairs on Radio. I am Joyce Edim, thanking you for listening. Do stay tuned for the rest of the broadcast. Good afternoon.
Alright, so thank you very much, Miss Joyce. Now, without wasting any much time, I'm going to be calling on my brother, the guy I do my review with. I'm going to be calling Henry Afangide to the microphone, and we're going to be doing justice to everything we heard in the news. Mr. Henry, tell me something about your week first. Well, my week was awesome. Tuesday in particular, I so much love that. Why, <laughs> why is your voice so rich? You see, I want to take a very different tone this week. <laughs> I love things like this. Please, no, please continue with the tone. Continue with the tone. Anyways, I think we should hop right in because we've got um, things to discuss. Yeah. Tesla, they are going to begin opening voting polls for you to decide where the next supercharger is going to be located. Now, let's start with this. Do you know, recently, I saw a picture of a Tesla driver mm-hmm. in Lagos. And, yes, yes, of course. And no, actually, there are Tesla owners in Lagos. Yes, you? of course. And now this Tesla owner had a plate number that was quite very interesting. Yes. Did you see it as well? Yes, I saw it, of the, course. The, the, Orlando. The, <laughs> the plate number was Fuel. L O L. What is the meaning of that? Like, the Tesla doesn't use fuel. He uses um, electricity. So, so he's laughing, he's laughing at, at, at you that is yes, using me. fuel yes, to me. drive. Me, he's laughing at me. <laughs> But you know, that, that was the second funniest thing I saw about yes. Tesla. The first funniest video I saw with Tesla mm-hmm. was this man. Yes, a foreigner. So he was legitly driving his Tesla. Yeah. And in his boots, his bonnet of his car, his boots, let me not bonnet, the boots, the backside. Yeah. There was a generator there <laughs> with a fuel can. So his Tesla stopped and then he put on the generator to charge the Tesla and move. Oh my god. Yes. The bonnet of a Tesla is actually like the boot. Yeah. So you put luggage in front and at the back of yeah, the Yes, yeah, both of them. Both of them. Yes. Yeah. So this young man, okay, this man That's was crazy. carrying a generator, feeling quite alright. Point fuel inside. I'm not using fuel. Yes, I don't use fuel for my car, of course. But it's point fuel inside generator to power his Tesla. Actually, anyway. I was not so crazy, but it made me happy. At least a medium-sized generator can can charge into your can charge can charge your Tesla. So I was actually yeah. impressed on that basis. But actually, so if no, when these people because I believe they've they've gotten information already. Mm. Now, when they actually want to take part in the voting, do you think what what do you think they can they can choose that Tesla will come and come and put? Of, a, co- of course, a you you choose. You're going place. to choose. You, there are some things you need to know first. Tesla operates the largest, should I say, network of electric vehicle mm-hmm. chargers in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and Tesla is a private company. And number two, those chargers are secluded. They are secluded for only, they are only specific for Tesla users. They are not generic. You can't use them for other electric, electric yes. cars. So now what they are choosing now is that you will now choose your poll, you decide. Okay, where should we place these new chargers? And take note, that is coming up with the upset that a, a ruling actually made. Okay, not a ruling, but they mounted on Tesla to mm-hmm. open up their superchargers to make it available to other EVs. That was also roll out before the end of this year. So what you're seeing is that since Tesla has been able to set up a very effective network of superchargers, yeah. it means a whole lot of people are going to vote for superchargers at their locations. Hmm. So we are seeing those business districts those popular parts of town they are going to be loaded and i'm praying that it should not cause a kind of should i say congestion of facilities because I imagine everybody in maybe a popular city california maybe new york is going, put, one place. is going to put yeah. boats for tesla mm. superchargers around them so anyway i hope i hope you should not lead to maybe supply chain 
and you Wahala or something, mm. something. Well, so I, that's feel, what we I feel I feel it's Tesla's way of giving back to the community actually because honestly they've been making tons of millions from their yeah, yeah. from their electric car um, line. Okay, thank you very much, Mr. Henry. And um, ha, sincere apologies, honestly. I would like us to take all items in these, but because of time and because I want to create enough space for our foreign guests to actually um, expound on what we're going to be talking about today, so I think we're just going to be calling it um, short at this particular point so that we have time. And um, before we go, I'd like to get final words from my guy, Henry. Just give me your parting shots. Keep yourself up to date. Keep yourself fit with technology so that you won't be passed on by AI. Thank you very much. Those are the words of a wise man. Mr. Henry Afangeli <laughs> has said this. Keep yourself updated so that you don't get to be replaced by a mere computer. Let me just say, yes, a mere computer. Anyways, so um, thank you very much, Henry, for pairing with me on that particular segment of the show. It was wonderful and I enjoyed myself. I'm sure you learned as well listening to us. So moving quickly to our next segment in the show. But before we go to the next segment of the show, I'd like us to take a minute listen from the winners of the recently concluded Ibom ICT competition that was organized by Tech Affairs on Radio. And these people actually went to an advanced class that was sponsored by Tech Affairs on Radio and, of course, the partners. So these are the things they had to say. My name is Uponiso James. I'm from Tower International School, Edinburgh. I was part of the competition and so far it has been great. The Everest Online Academy, when I came newly, they gave me a nice welcome. I'm learning web development, web development course. I've gone far. I'm actually happy I've been, I was part of this scholarship program. In front-end development, we have the HTML, we have the CSS and JavaScript. The HTML makes the structure of the web page, the CSS does the styling, while the, um, the JavaScript helps you to be able to bring interaction into the web page. What I actually plan on building is building a tech doc. It's going to be a website. Docs around and the community can interact just at the convenience of your home. That's what I, I actually plan on building. Um, I want to thank Everett Online Academy for this great opportunity. I want to thank Tech Affairs. I want to thank Fashion FM for bringing us such a good initiative. My name is Tubaja Philip. I'm from Batenin. I dream to be a software engineer. I started the training August 4. So from there, we learned HTML, the theory part that starts with the hypertext markup language and CSS cascading style sheets. So in HTML, it has to do with the basic structure of a website. And this basic structure would need backup and that backup would be the CSS that is the cascading style sheet. I've created a website that makes me interact with customers. So I thank Tech Affairs for keeping to their promise and the sponsors too because they try benefits like to young ones like us. We love to access the internet and for us to access the internet we have to pay some money. Everest Online Academy has given us an opportunity wow. for us to assess free internet. This free internet, they won't, they won't give you a boundary. I also like want to thank my parents. So thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Ime Philip. I really thank my teacher. His name is Mr. Akpan. Okay, yours true. The man Lokbong is on the mic now for the next segment. Good afternoon, listeners. It is my pleasure to be back here. It's my pleasure to have all of you guys around. So before the next segment, let me use this special opportunity and thank our sponsors. So they just concluded ICT competition. We have three of them, Stats Innovation Hub, we have the Root Hub, and also Everest Online Academy. The voices you just listen to, we that of the trainee, the way at 
Everest Online Academy. Of course, you also have others at the rooftop and start innovation hall. Let me use this opportunity to really thank them for finding it worthy to collaborate with us and also for the overall interest of Akwaibom and Akwaibomite. Of course, Nigerian, because we also have people who are not indigenous, we're also beneficiary of the training. So thank you very much. So now back to the interview of today we are discussing a quibum the journey to 35 years which is coming 23rd september and we have a guest that is joining us in the united states of america okay so come with me let's take you on a ride to the united states of america and we'll meet with our guest once again mr itoro welcome to take a face on radio thank you sir and thanks for having me Okay, let me start by officially you know, congratulating you on the success of the just concluded Akisan Convention. Once again, thank you and congratulations. Thank you, I really appreciate it. That just reminds me, I was informed that you were re-elected the president for another, how many years? Uh, two years. Wow, congratulations once again on your re-election. Who is Mr. Toro? Yes, so uh, Itoro Kwadekwad is, uh, first of all, a native of Uyo uh, local government area in a private state. Wow. Um, I have, well, I was born in the United States. Many people don't know that. So I happen to be the first U.S. born national president of the association. Um, by profession, I am a software engineer. Wow. I graduated from a school called the Georgia Institute of Technology back in 1999. Um, and I've been basically coding for the last at least 30 years. And I'm, I mostly concentrate on website development. By 23rd September, Kwaibom will be 35. Do you think Kwaibom is worth celebrating? Oh, definitely. Um, I remember, so I grew up in the era of Cross River State. And then we used to visit what was called the mainland then, which of course now is Cross River State. And uh, I mean, just the fact, the name of our state alone, Akwa Ibo State. Some people extended to Akwa Abbas Ibo State. I mean, that's not enough is worth celebrating. We've wanted this state for a while, a place, you know, where we have people of similar mindsets living together for the general purpose of, you know, empowering ourselves. In the technology global map, what is Aquaibum known for? I mean, I would first of all go to our people. Our people are very hospitable. They are very welcoming and they are very engaging and very entrepreneurial. So when you bring all those things together that means we are able to not only love ourselves we also encourage others to you know who come to live with us so when you bring that together like i said it allows for the exchange of diverse ideas especially in the tech space um in the tech space uh, with respect to aquarium i would refer to a company like start innovation hub um, i've known handsome johnson the ceo of that company for at least 10 years I know the work he has done not only to groom students, but also to work with companies internationally. Um, and then there's another guy whose name escaped my mind right now, but he's off. I think he called it Benembro. So those are the only two people that come to mind quickly. So now, how Kwaibom at 35, how will you access the ICT sector in the state? I would, if it, so if I were a lecturer and giving it a grade, I'd probably give it a B. The only reason I'm not giving it an A, and it's not a fault of the state itself, but as you know, anything in tech requires constant electricity. And of course, I know that is a federal issue. So I'm not blaming the state for that. But once we can get to a space where there is constant, whether we want to go solar or off the national grid, then I'll give it an A. Because like I said, in the two years I've been president, I've gotten to interact with a lot of people in the tech space. And I can see the passion. Even without electricity, you see how people are still able to turn out products. And that's very commendable. When you place Akwaibu more with your, you know, uh, side by side with city like Lagos and some of other cities, where do you think we lie? So 
the tech space to me is not just about like the technology per se. It's also the environment, the enabling environment, the people. I mean, if, if to compare to Lagos and Abuja, I mean, I'm going to say we're up there like, competitively, right? We have the people, we have the the desire. We may not have all the resources, but we have all the other things to make it work. So I would rank it probably at the same level with the cities. That's fantastic from the Akisan president. Let's look at effort of successive government towards technological developments. How will you access them? Not limited to the present government. So I've been fortunate to have, I guess, seen Akwaibom State from the day it was created. So I've, I've seen, you know, not to, I guess, age myself, but I've seen where you had to go to a cyber cafe and then actually print out your email. You could not touch the computer, right? Then you go pick up your email, you read it, you write it out, they type it and send it on your behalf. So I've been, I've been, I guess, in Akwaibom State from day one. Uh, Victor Atta, I think he came up with the idea of the uh, science pack Unfortunately, that did not work out. And then uh, Gov uh, Governor Fabio did his, uh, I'm going to call them empowerment programs. And then Governor Odom currently is doing the same thing. What is the blueprint that we can adopt as a people, you know, to have a sustainable ICT development? In that regard, I would refer to the current governor's uh, Dakara philosophy. I always believe everything starts in the mind. If you, you know, so again, I grew up basically Cross River Akwaibom State that is mostly a civil service uh, economy, right? So everyone believes, you know, you go to school, you come out, you get a job, work for 30 years, you retire, get pension and gratuity. Those days are gone, right? Especially with technology, you don't have to do that. You can find a problem, come up with a solution for that. So we need to, first of all, change our mindset. So that, that is the blueprint I would start off with. That's the foundation. Once you change that mindset, you now get the people with the talent, you bring them together, and then you create an enabling environment. So between the training programs, maybe send them overseas to learn more, maybe pairing them with companies that are hiring, you know, or doing freelance work where you can even work in, uh, from Nigeria for these companies. And then eventually maybe they immigrate to those countries to work there themselves. And then maybe under the condition that when they come back, although they have to come back and then impact that, knowledge on the upcoming generations. It may not take one or two days, it might take 30 years, but that's what India did in the 50s. And now India is the go-to place for technology. So if you look at the history of Silicon Valley, most of those people did not even start in a structural environment, if you will. People like HP, Apple, they all started from, you know, the garages of their houses, right? So it's all in their mind. We don't have to wait, for example, like I said, Aquaibum is mostly a civil service uh, growing up economy. Everyone, you know, go to school, get a job, work for 30 years, get a pension, and then you have gratuities, right? We have to learn to do things for ourselves in general. So once we change that mindset of being able to do anything we want to do or put our minds to, then we now go to the government, for example, to rely, not to create the jobs, but to create that enabling environment for us to thrive. When that happens, and then I've mentioned the issue of electricity, that's part of the enabling environment, right? It will happen. And like I said, we don't have to do this thing in the next one or two weeks. You know, India, like I said, in the 50s, had that blueprint of this is where we want to be in the future. And about 60, 70 years later, they are the people that we go to for technological solutions. So Aquaibum said can do the same thing. We just need to like start now, not keep postponing for the future. I've been privileged to work, like I said, for at least 30 years in the tech space. Many of these people I work with did not even go to university, right? I'm not saying university 
is not good. I went to university, but I'm saying many people I work with, probably I would even argue better than myself in that space, did not go to university. Some of them went, but they studied courses like history, fine art, not necessarily computer science like I did or computer engineering like you have, right? So in as much as the educational system as we know it is good and recommended, we need to, at least at that level, inculcate technology lessons from a very early age. That's number one. And then for those who, as I always like to say, education is not for everybody, they still have that talent, maybe talent for coding, talent for digital marketing. We can now train them in those areas, take the Start Innovation Hub, or we can even send them abroad to go learn these courses like at Google or wherever they might be, right? And then eventually maybe even create those same environments in the state so that instead of us going out to go learn, people come to Aquaibum State to learn. In terms of the traditional educational system, we need to start at a very young age. I don't know if it's kindergarten or let the experts determine that, but build that into the system from a very tender age. I was 19 before I actually saw a computer for the first time in my life. Wow. I mean, I know many people because of you know the era I grew up in, right? I know now that's not the case. Kids start playing with smartphones maybe basically from birth, right? So if we can build that into the system so that as they are growing up, it becomes natural to them. I'm sure you've heard from many of probably your mentors in the US where at a young age, they were given a computer at the age of seven, they tore it apart, brought it back together. Imagine if I had that opportunity growing up, maybe I would have been one of those people now. I started late, but of course, those of us coming up now don't have those hindrances. And so hopefully again, if we build that into the system, eventually, will get to a space where these things become natural to us. The state presently is witnessing a rise in acquisition of digital skills. How can we prepare the future of the state so that we can absorb these people who are acquiring skills in the IT world? So I would argue that we should adopt the Chinese model. What is the Chinese model? Whenever you go out abroad, for example, to learn, you are required to come back and then apply what you've learned in your local environment, right? So again, like I said, if the government sponsors me to go do something, right? When I come back, whether it's through the educational system or through entrepreneurial system, whatever it might be, impart that knowledge and then apply that knowledge as well. One thing in general, and this even applies to Akisan, is that for the most part, whenever we do things, we do not follow up with those people. So it's kind of like, okay, you have the training, welcome back. And then that's it, right? So if we're able to hopefully follow up with these people over time, see what they're doing. Are there any difficulties? For example, maybe you went out to go learn. You were in a place where the laptop was in front of you 24 hours a day. But you come back here, you don't have a laptop. How can you code if you don't have a laptop? So now the government cannot say, okay, you know what? We will give you a laptop. But these are the things we require of you in return for that laptop, right? And of course, I can name some other areas. But I think, again, follow up. Uh, making people understand that when you go out to learn, it's not about coming back to get a job because that's what we just, generally speaking, we just come back and we expect to get a job. And then we say, oh, I went for this training five years ago and I have nothing to show for it, right? Because you're expecting something to come to you, right? You need to, again, even when I'm there, I can stand on the roadside and I can come up with maybe five, six different ideas that I could implement. Now, that's another thing. Many people think, okay, you go into this tech business, you become a millionaire overnight. It doesn't work like that. You need to build your customer base first, and then eventually the money will come. 
But if you're coming with that mindset of, okay, I start business today, I make a million naira tomorrow, you're going to get discouraged because, you know, Rome was not built in a day. To excel, how can we make Aquabum attractive to take guys? Let me put it that way. Mm -hmm. So over the years, I've been basically studying the Nigerian space in general, right? And I think recently I came up with, it's called Talent City in the Lekki area, right? Now, it's just, it's an idea right now that based on listening to the guy talk, it's going to become a reality very soon. But he's going to build it in the Lekki Free Trade Zone. So why am I saying that? I Maybe in the main Lagos area, there is no, well, I think Yaba is another big tech hub. Yeah, Yaba. That place, that place is congested, right? That wasn't the original intent of that area. So by moving it out to the Lekki area, it's brand new. You get to experiment with things. So what am I trying to say? With respect to Akwaibum State, yes, it's okay for this one to be on Ikorekwenet Road, a back road, I don't know, a car road. But eventually we need a dedicated space where people can come and they know when they come to that area, it's nothing but technology. So I think if we can start and maybe they have certain tax incentives, you know, human capacity incentives, things that will encourage people, not just from Aquibum State, but from all over the world eventually to come there, specifically for IT. I think that will help a great deal. What should be the need you think Aquibum people should concentrate on branding as a state? What is that niche you, would you like Aquibum to be known for? Okay, so I would actually mention two areas. Okay. Uh, right now, I'm of the opinion that the world still needs a lot of between app develop, uh, developers and also website developers. So just like India, we can create that environment that, you know, in uh, low cost technological solutions. So whereas in the United States, we're paying people, I'm just saying $100 an hour to come up with a product in a Quibum state, it might end up being $20 an hour, right? That is low in the US, but when you, when you put that $20 in Naira, that's actually a lot of money, right? So we need to establish ourselves as a go-to area in terms of providing human beings, if you will, to do technological solutions. Number two, the world is going data, big data. I'm sure you know, you've heard of that, you're familiar with that concept. It's still relatively a new concept, right? If we can develop data centers, we have the land. Again, we need a lot of electricity for that, but I think that's another area we can look into. If we can start to dig our heels into this now, then we'll probably or hopefully be the go-to place for that in the future. Fantastic. Thank you very much, the Akisan president, for sharing this wonderful thought. I don't know, did you say that you are having a next batch of training November? Is this sponsored by Akisan? Yes, so we're having the fourth batch is actually uh, starting off November, I believe the 14th um, this year. At which uh, USA or you? Um, no, in Uyo. All our programs in Uyo are quite upstate. Okay. And the way it works is because an association, we're a non-profit volunteer base. We don't really have a lot of money for training. So we solicit donations from people on the outside. So let's say you have money now, you want to sponsor 10 students. And you say they must be all women. Because it's your money, you can target where that money goes. So everything we've done so far, not a penny of the association has been used. It's all donations from people. How, what is the criteria for picking beneficiaries? Yes. So the criteria is basically that you have a passion for learning. That is number one. If you have that passion, you can learn anything. And then number two, we've worked it out with Mr. Hanson such that he actually interviews those students, right? Uh, potential students to determine what the best area is for them to get into. 
Okay, thank you very much. I don't know. Is it possible that you can announce, even if it's like one or two slots for any lucky listener that is listening to you now, maybe they can reach out to you through, through, through a particular contact? Oh, yes, yes. So you can send an email to president at akisan.org, A-K-I-S-A-N.org. And again, president at akisan.org. Um, you can also reach me through my phone number, uh, plus 1-404-276-4267. And I prefer WhatsApp. If you call or SMS, I might not get to it on time, but if you send it to me through WhatsApp... Can you take the number again? Yes, it's a plus 1-404-276-4267. All right, thank you very much. I would really appreciate if you can give slot to any lucky listener that is listening to you. Let it be at least for you coming during the Aquaibum 35th anniversary celebration that you offer a lot of training for the potential beneficiary for the november training that will start definitely okay 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 let's let's end it there let's end it there already <laughs> let's end it there already he, he has so many things to say actually and um because we are we are dealing with time i think, I think we'll bring it back in subsequent shows yeah i think we will but anyways thank you very much for gracing our show actually yes we we enjoyed your company we enjoyed your inputs and then thank you as well for listening to us all right so moving on to the very next segment which like i said we're going to be having the tech and my brother Andy Promise is on standby. Andy Promise, come to the front. Thank you, Lloyd. Welcome to the Tech Tip segment of our show. As more people work from home, they essentially become their own face line of IT support. That means non-tech professionals would have to learn the basic tech practices and troubleshooting technique to help you become more tech savvy. Today, I will expose you to some basic troubleshooting techniques and simple ways to prevent tech issues from arising. 1. Be security-minded. 2. Educate yourself about phishing attacks. 3. Do not let family members use your work system. 4. Back up your files. 5. Do, do some periodic tech troubleshooting by installing firewalls, restarting your machine at regular interval, cleaning, clearing your cache periodically, uninstalling unused program and updating antivirus patches and lastly lock off after work and that's it for this segment i am andy promise okay thank you very much andy promise and with that we have come to the end of today's show it was a beautiful time with you i enjoyed a lot i learned from our guests i learned from henry afangide i learned from andy promise i cannot forget to thank you for listening to us for the past 30 minutes i appreciate your audience and i am looking forward to having you again next week saturday by this time 12 to 12 30 on passion 94.5 fm but before we go i'd like to say one thing i normally say in everything you do, do not forget to acknowledge technology and stay digital. You heard the voice of Lloyd, and this is me telling you goodbye and have a lovely weekend. Take a first on radio will come your way same time next week. For sponsorship and other inquiries, call us on 0902 6860. Like our Facebook page at Tech Affairs and visit our website at www.techaffairs.com.nz to listen to our previous episodes.